all. Welcome back to the City Boy Rock Podcast. This is your host, Shrey. Um, today, it's just about to be me um, recapping the wild card, super wild card weekend of the NFL, as well as getting into my picks for the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, super wild card weekend was definitely interesting. Um, it was not as, I guess, the games weren't, definitely weren't as close as I was anticipating. Definitely a lot of blowouts. Um, we got one really good game in, um, the Rams versus the Lions, but all the other ones, um, you know, one team kind of just ran away with it and, um, a lot has unfolded, um, due to the events that, you know, went on in Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, but starting off with the Browns and the Texans, the first game of Super Wild Card Weekend, that was definitely a surprise. Um, going into it, um, I said last week on the podcast, you know, this was definitely the hardest game for me to pick. Um, and, you know, I was confident in, you know, the Browns defense throughout the year, but I noticed how they had been playing on the road and I was, there was a fear factor with CJ Stroud, um, that he could just, you know, take over and the Texans could go out and win this game. Um, and that ended up being true, um, cause CJ Stroud basically played a perfect game. Um, the Browns defense was looking in shambles. Um, it just felt like the Texans were just using their aggressiveness against them. There are a few plays, um, Jeremiah Wusukuromoa, um, you know, they caught him cheating up the field and, um, they burnt him a few times, especially on that Brevin Jordan touchdown. Um, yeah, it was a very, very surprising performance from the Browns defense. Joe Flacco obviously turned back into a pumpkin. Um, he was going for an NFL record, I think, eight wins on the road um, in the playoffs. And unfortunately, he could not get that win. Um, he had two pick sixes on back-to-back drives. The first one, yeah, he was throwing it away. But the second one, he just stared down the receiver on fourth down. And they absolutely telegraphed it. We saw the clip of D'Amico Ryans telling Christian Harris, hey, this is going to be the play. This is what you're going to do. And it's exactly what happened. Um, so great coaching on that end. But, yeah, got to give it to, give it up to Stroud, man. He's a big game player. Um, in every kind of big situation we've seen him in um, the past year and a half, um, including college, he has showed up. Um, so shout out to CJ Stroud. Shout out to D'Amico Ryans. Um, I think they had a really good game plan offensively and kind of just took it to that Browns defense. Um, Laramie Tunsil um, had a great, great game. Um, that's what happens when you have a bookend left tackle, good quarterback, good coach, good creative play caller. Um, your offense is going to be good and um, be able to take advantage of um, great, great defenses. And, um, you know, it was so weird how different 
the Browns defense was at home as opposed to on the road. Like they gave up a lot of big plays on the road. And I just think they they obviously were injured on that end. They had a lot of injuries throughout the year. Um, so they kind of fought through that and got to give him credit for getting into the playoffs, but um, the better quarterback won and the better team won. So um, shout out to the Texans. Um, they got a great future with CJ Stroud. Um, going to keep continue. Uh, going to keep, they got to keep building around him, obviously. Um, stay healthy. And, um, yeah, they could be um, contenders for years to come. Hopefully they don't lose Bobby Sloak this offseason. Um, because I think that's the problem um, with a lot of, you know, defensive coaches. If they have a good offensive coordinator, they end up losing him. Um, I think we've seen that with Mike Tomlin. Um, it would, after Bruce Arians left, um, he hasn't been really able to find a consistent effective play caller. So hopefully that's not the case with the Texans and Bobby Slowick. Moving on to the Chiefs versus the Dolphins. Um, you know, I was looking forward to that game because, you know, it was going to be a really, really cold, one of the coldest games in NFL history. It ended up being, I think, third or fourth coldest game in NFL history with wind chills minus 24, anywhere from minus 24 to minus like 28. Um, and I felt like as soon as the game started, you could tell the Chiefs were locked in and ready for this cold. And um, the Dolphins were just not. Um, well, some players were. I mean, I think Tyreek was, but a, a majority of the Chiefs players were not phased by the cold, especially Rasheed Rice, who had a huge, huge game um, in his first playoff game ever. Um, Kelsey made some plays, but he had a few critical drops. Uh, thankfully, it didn't end up mattering for the Chiefs because the Dolphins could not move the ball. Um, Tua, I just feel like in those types of games, you should really, really see the gap between the good quarterbacks and the great ones. And it just felt like Mahomes, for the most part, was getting whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. And um, this could have been a lot worse, honestly. Um, the Chiefs were settling for a lot of field goals. They had a touchdown that got called back. And, you know, the only si sign of life the Dolphins showed was that Huge touchdown to Tyreek Hill, but that was also kind of a broken play. It was underthrown, and, you know, Tyreek Hill is one of the only few guys who can really make that play. But other than that, I don't think the Chiefs were threatened at all by the Dolphins. Um, they looked cold, um, especially to a heat. Even on those little screens and stuff he was throwing, it definitely felt like the cold was affecting him. They were low, some were high. Um, he just did not look comfortable at all. And I think that's just a huge problem moving forward with the Dolphins. Even though, you know, when it looks good, their offense is almost unstoppable. It has to be in ideal conditions. Obviously, the cold really impacts it. If he's getting pressured, it impacts it. So there is a ceiling to the offense, unfortunately, for the Dolphins. And I think they're going to have to let Tua play out his fifth-year option without extending him because 
it's just a tough position to be in at this point. I don't think you can shell up, you know, whatever, 250 plus million, which is kind of the market value for a franchise quarterback. There's no way. Um, they're kind of already in cap hell. I'm not 100% sure how deep into, you know, the negatives they are going into next season. But, um, yeah, they're kind of – their roster is kind of positioned to win now or be in Super Bowl contention, but obviously the quarterback is a huge part of that. And they have a huge decision to make this offseason. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of teams in this situation – or a few few teams, you know, try to make, you know, the move at quarterback to uh, put them over at the top. Like, obviously, the Rams. Um, and, you know, obviously, they succeeded. I think they had a better roster overall around um, the quarterback. But I think, you know, you have a ceiling with Tua as your quarterback. And um, the Lions are going to – or not, the Dolphins are going to have to figure out what they're going to do um, because he just looked so uncomfortable. It just looked like two completely opposite ends of the spectrum this past Saturday um, in those conditions. And in the AFC, you know, the best quarterbacks, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, they're all, they all play in cold weather cities. So you're not going to have a holding game every year. You're going to have to go through, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to go through one of these guys, those games, some maybe on the road, and the conditions are just not going to be ideal. So, and Tua hasn't shown me anything to prove that he can be effective in those conditions. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting offseason for them. Um, but yeah, moving on, the next game was the Cowboys versus the Packers. It feels like you know, all these years, we've had all these classic matchups between them, you know, the Rodgers to Jared Cook at the end of the game and Mason Crosby making two amazing field goals um, to, you know, give them that win in 2016. And then obviously 2014, you had um, the Dez catch, didn't catch a game. I still didn't think it was a catch, honestly. Um, but that was a very, very controversial game. And I did not know that going into that game, the Packers had won 10 of their last 11 matchups versus the Cowboys. Obviously, last year, when the Cow- or when the Packers were not a good team, they still um, were able to find a way to beat the Cowboys in Lambeau, um, obviously with Aaron Rodgers. But this year, Jordan Love made an absolute statement against the Cowboys. Um you know, I thought it would be pretty close um, going. I thought it would be within. They would be within a touchdown. Um, they would cover the spread, but um, I thought the Cowboys. You know, given their record at home, their 16 straight wins at home, the way they'd been playing at home against lesser competition. Which I mean, going into it, I think anyone would have agreed with that take. Um, you know, they. This was like a Mike McCarthy, I guess, revenge game, kind of. Um, and the Cowboys were as well positioned as they have been in many years um, for their conference, for a conference championship berth, because, you know, the Eagles were floundering. They beat the Lions, so they got the second seed. 
Um, so, like, they would have had two ga- two home games. If they had won, they would have had two home games at least. And they absolutely wet the bed. Um, to start that game, that first drive, when Green Bay just drove down and easily got a touchdown, they were able to do whatever they wanted. Aaron Jones ran all over them on that first drive. I was just like, oh, okay. Um, you know, the the Packers, you know, um, the Cowboys will go go down and score. Their Packers defense is not that great. They've been, you know, a liability on many occasions this season, and especially with Joe Barry as their defensive coordinator. But no, Dak and the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb and him are not on the same page. I felt like the commentators noticed that right away. So there, there had to have been something going on before the game. Like, right before the game started, I I don't know. But the commentators were right on it. The first drive, um, and then Mike McCarthy was talking to CD on the sideline after the drive. Like, it was really, really weird. And then the Packers obviously went down and were able to score again, I think. Uh, Dak threw a pick to Jair Alexander right deep in their own territory. So the Cowboys just looked nervous. Um, Dak, after a, such a great um, start to the season's first like thirteen weeks of the season, I think just absolutely fell apart and showed why he is not in the top tier of quarterbacks. Um, yet again, he flounders in the postseason. Last year against the Niners, he did not play well. But he got blocked, outplayed by Brock Purdy. After you know. The Cowboys, in classic fashion, were front-running all over the Bucks team that was dead, basically, going into the playoffs. Like, we knew they weren't good. And they were front-running all over them and got beat in San Francisco. And he got outplayed by Brock Purdy. And it, it, Mike McCarthy's play calling and decision-making, fourth-down decision-making, truly showed that he didn't trust Dak last year. And the year before that, obviously, Dak the QB draw that runs out the clock and they lose at home to the Niners who were a wild card team. Um, yet again, they're the same team every year. I don't know why people don't understand that they're every year. It's the same story with them. Oh, this year they're uh, after, uh, they beat the Eagles. Oh my God. They, this is the best Cowboys team in, who knows how long? Like, oh, they beat the they they um got rid of the curse. They put J- Jimmy Johnson in the Hall of Ring of Fame. No, this is the same team. They're front runners. They're they were soft this year. They were soft. Any team who could run the ball was beating them. Even the Dolphins, who are soft themselves, were able to run the ball, control the clock, and beat them. They were okay with going into a playoff run without playing any linebackers. They were all safety converted to linebackers. They knew they were small, and they were just like, okay. And they knew that their run defense was a problem. They were just like, okay, we're going to go into the postseason, and, you know, we're going to contend with the Niners with having no running backs on our – or no linebackers on our roster. And it came back to haunt them because Aaron Jones just ran all over them. Jordan Love, um, what a game. It was a, basically a perfect game. Um, he just got whatever he wanted. 
and he was he was just cooking them. They were wide open everywhere, and the, some of the throws he were making were just beautiful, um, classic. I, I, the Packers are so lucky; they're so blessed that they have quarterbacks like the ones they've the last three that they've had, including Jordan Love. It's crazy how blessed they are. They moved from Brett Favre to another legend in Aaron Rodgers, and who knows, man? The sky's the limit with Jordan Love. He's a little bigger than Rodgers. He's six four, close to six five. Um, and with regards to arm talent, I mean, he has all the tools you could possibly want. I think he moves a little better than Rodgers, but we got to give credit to Rodgers. He was really good um, on the run and able to scramble earlier in his career. Um, but. He just played a beautiful game, um, just super accurate. I think he's playing with so much confidence. I think, to what, 21 to 1 interception ratio, uh, touchdown to interception ratio after week eight. He's just been balling, bro. He is him. He's so good. Um, and, yeah, the Cowboys decided to move forward with Mike McCarthy as their coach. Dak Prescott, I think he's going to be in the last year of his contract next year. Um, but we know who this team is. I don't understand why people always fall for the trap. Like Stephen A. says, what can go wrong will go wrong. 48-16, and then Dak decides to start playing, bro. Like he, like, And people have the nerve to defend him after that. Like, bro basically had you like he he didn't help like the defense was bad but he didn't help either he was missing cd the first few drives he started off two of seven for 16 yards and had a pick and he almost messed up the end of the half for them he got lucky he threw it uh they had no timeouts the clock would have ran out he threw it within the field of play when they had to throw it in the end zone and they got bailed out by a penalty and were able to get a touchdown. And then on the two, one of the two point conversions, he could have easily just ran it in. Um, and instead he throws it to Jake Ferguson, which triggers the two penalty flags that they threw for offensive pass interference. I forgot what the other flag was. I think it might've been ineligible man downfield. Just awful. Um, same old Cowboys, man, making mistakes, penalties, um, and they just got absolutely torched by a star, future star in the NFL and a guy who has notoriously um, been a villain in Texas, in Dallas, uh, in Aaron Jones. So shout out to the Packers, man. Um, but yeah, moving on uh, to the next game, the Rams and the Lions. Um, that was the best game of the wild card week of Super Wild Card Weekend for sure. It was the closest game. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the game, I thought the Rams were kind of just going to get worn down because it felt like in the run game, the Lions were getting whatever they wanted. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, um, but. You know, the Rams were able to battle back and get a few stops. Um, and, you know, they were able to make it a game. Um, I think the biggest, um, you know, discrepancy in the game was the red zone offense from both of these teams because the Rams converted or Rams weren't converting 
those possessions into touchdowns and the Lions were every time the Lions got into the red zone they were scoring they were punching it in but the Rams however just were settling for field goals and I felt like the play calling was kind of interesting they went to cup a few times and two of the times it felt like they just ran the same play and it was covered up um shout out to Matthew Stafford who fought through some vicious hits and um he got his finger um messed up the finger that was already messed up it got messed up even more he had like he was bleeding and it was swollen um but Matthew Stafford we've seen um he is a trooper he's a fighter and he was able to fight through and I thought he played great honestly um they just weren't able to convert in the red zone and um I thought it was some interesting um coaching decision making by McVay I think Dan Campbell outcoached him honestly um that fourth down and or throwing on second down on that last drive for the Lions that was very ballsy he converted a fourth down earlier in the game and he didn't waste his timeouts like like McVay did um he burnt through two timeouts that we're gonna save five yards in a close game and it ended up really coming back to haunt him um in the second half so uh yeah, I thought that was a really fun game. Um, congrats to Detroit. First playoff win um, in many, many years um, since, what, 1992? Um, and they are blessed to have another home game because the Cowboys, because the Cowboys folded. And, oh, man, I wish Vince was on this podcast, man. Oh, my God. He would be railing Dak right now. Um but yeah, congrats to Detroit. Um, you get another home playoff game against Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Um, moving on, not much to say about this game. Bills Steelers. Um, I know the Steelers fans were complaining about um, a lot of the officiating and stuff, but bro, you were not going to beat the Bills um, with Mason Rudolph. I'm sorry, um, Josh Allen. You know he was doing his thing. Um, the huge 52-yard scramble, I don't think he was faking a slide. He is not a guy who, you know, does that. He's If he has made up his mind that he's going to run through you, he's going to run through you. That The penalty that did get called on the slide was a little iffy. I, I think he definitely embellished it. Um, but the Steelers were not winning that game. Um, I think this Bills team... They've just gone through a lot of injuries, so you're going to see why I my pick for their game is uh, not in their favor. Um, they lost Terrell Bernard. Um, they were playing without um, Rasul Douglas. Um, not sure if he's going to be back this week. Um, they were, they've just lost so many guys throughout the year. Um, let's see. Let me take a look at their injury report right now. They, I think they had three of their, they didn't have Taylor Rapp. They have three other corners on the injury report. Um, And obviously, uh, Gabe Davis didn't play last week. Not sure that changes much. Um, But yeah, so Christian Benford, one of their starting corners, he's out. Gabe Davis is out. Um, Taylor Rapp is out. Um, Rasul Douglas is questionable, Teron Johnson questionable, but he has a concussion. I'm not sure if he's completed protocol because, um, he's been limited in practice. So, yeah, 
that is quite the injury report. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was a good game. Josh Allen didn't make any mistakes. Um, they were able to run the ball. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting this week. I'm going to get into my picks a little later. Um, but moving on to the last game. I've been waiting this whole podcast to cook the Eagles. Um, oh my gosh, man. This team just infuriates me. I hate them so much. And I was so glad to see their downfall on Monday night, um, right before the game. I picked the Eagles, like, obviously on our picks. But right before the game, you know, I was just like, yo, the Bucks are going to win. I, you know, I may have placed a little wager on it. Um, and obviously that one, but, uh, yeah, I just, they just looked so awful at the end of the season. Their defense was just terrible. And Nick Sirianni, Mr. I'm going to pump my guns. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show off Mr. Front runner, Nick Sirianni. I'm going to look for the cameras on the sideline when my team is up. Um, I'm going to talk so much trash. And he made a colossal mistake by making Matt Patricia the signal caller for the defense at the end of the season. As bad as it was, I think it got worse. Um, and the fact that it got that there was room for it to get worse with how bad it was playing, just terrible. Um, lost six of their last seven, I believe, total. Um, they did not look very convincing in the one game that they won against the Giants at home on Christmas. Um, they were just awful. They were terrible to close the season. The defense just didn't want to tackle. James Bradbury, the most fluke all-pro selection I've ever seen. Jalen Hurts looked lost. Their their plan offensively, like he, I've been saying, I think I've been saying this on the podcast throughout the year. Their offense is just boring. It's an AJ Brown slant, AJ Brown go ball. It's a QB draw. It's a tush push. There's no creativity at all. It, the screen game has been awful for them this year. Um, they're they just fell apart, and I don't think I've ever, like we had the Steelers collapse that one year in 2020. But I think. People were questioning them anyway, and they weren't coming off a Super Bowl appearance. This team started off 10-1, and one at, and they failed to win the division. They failed to get to 12 wins, and they failed to win a playoff game. That's embarrassing. That I feel like that is coaching, and I'm surprised they didn't fire him yet because – he w- played a huge part in this. He Okay, his first year he comes in. When he calls plays, their offense sucks. When he gives up play calling to Shane Steichen, their offense is better. They make the playoffs. Last year, their offense is among the best in the league. Jalen Hurts is the MVP candidate. Shane Steichen, their defense is among the tops of the league. Jonathan Gannon loses both coordinators. And he just had no answers. And I just feel like if he were fired, who would hire him? Honestly, who would, who would he be at the top of the candidates? What team would be at? Would he be a top candidate for? And um, it just, like, the fact that you show up to a playoff game and start off so flat, like, it looked like they didn't want to play. 
Um, just so many missed tackles. It felt like every single play, the Bucks were falling forward for extra yards. And um, they looked so much more prepared. They had no answer for Todd Bowles blitzing. We know Todd Bowles loves to blitz. And you never had an answer. You were playing five out. You were playing empty sets. Like, I just don't understand what they were trying to do. And um, I'm so glad that they're not in the – like, they did not deserve to be – go further in the play. They didn't they, – yeah, they just didn't deserve it. And, um, you know, you know what it is with me. It's die, Eagles die. Um, and, yeah, it was just embarrassing. I'm so glad the – two NFC East representatives of the NFC playoffs are out because, and I definitely would say the Eagles collapse was worse because with Dallas, you can always see it coming. But this by the Eagles was historic. Obviously Jalen Hurts, people say he was injured. I never saw him on the injury report. So I think he was healthy enough because everyone's injured at this point of the year. Um, They have a lot of questions to answer with their staff. I don't think they're going to fire Sirianni, but they're definitely going to have to upgrade that staff. Um, they're going to have to make a deci- make decisions on a lot of older free agents. Um, you know, James Bradbury, clearly not the same. Darius Slay is 31 years old. Um, Brett, obviously, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. So they have a lot of veteran guys. Um, they're going to have to make decisions. On, I'm not sure what this A.J. Brown situation is. He scrubbed the Eagles off his Instagram. I don't know. So they have quite an offseason ahead of them. And we know they've always been an aggressive team with Harry Roseman. So, um, yeah, I think they definitely, on the coaching staff, have to make some upgrades. And um, they need to add a little more depth to their receiver room. We saw it without A.J. Brown, it was Devontae Smith or Bust. Um, And nobody else was ever a threat on that team. So I definitely need, in the draft or in free agency, a better number three receiver um, for sure. Um, But yeah, the downfall of the Eagles definitely needs to be studied. Um, So yeah, moving on to my picks for the divisional round. Um, Yeah, so... Starting off with the Texans versus the Ravens. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, I think, you know, the Texans have had a good run, but the Ravens are clearly the better team. I think, um, you know, this is Lamar's year. Um, I don't think – I think he's in his best – the best position to, you know – make a playoff run, get some playoff wins. There is a lot of pressure on him, and I think he's going to answer all the calls tomorrow. Um, this defense under Mike McDonald has been tops of the league. I think they're very hungry. They're going to be super prepared. This is their second game of the year against the Texans. They saw C.J. Stroud very, very early in the season, and I think they're going to have this coached up, uh, this defense coached up and ready they're going to take Nico Collins out of the game, who is their biggest threat on the outside. They're without another one of their receivers, the Texans, and Noah Brown, who had some good games for them this year. So outside of him, there's really not a really reputable uh, receiving threat on that team. And I just think they're going to do whatever they can to take away 
um, Nico Collins, and the Texans are going to struggle to move the ball like they have in the past few weeks. Um, obviously, there's always that fear when you have a quarterback like CJ Stroud on the other end, but um, I think that quarterback matchup edge goes to Lamar in this situation. Um, I think the Texans' defense can be had, and um, I think this Ravens' defense is – or Ravens' offense is going to be prepared. They're going to run the ball. Um, they're going to ball control, and Lamar is going to make some plays that are just going to knock your socks off. Um, so I got the Ravens winning – 27 20 um it's gonna be i think it's gonna be close like it's not gonna be an easy win for the ravens but um they are the better team they have the better quarterback and i think this is lamar's time to really announce himself on the playoff stage so got the ravens winning that one um also it's a cold weather game i'm not sure how like cj strap like uh, cj strap i think he'll be fine in the elements he played at ohio state but the rest of that team, it's going to be, like, it's not going to be, like, a regular Texas cold, you know. It's going to be in the low 20s, and um, there's going to be some wind. Um, so I think that can definitely affect, you know, a dome team like the Texans. Uh, moving on, the Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I got the Niners in this one. As great as the Packers have played over the past few weeks, um, I think this is where the run kind of comes to an end. I feel like this is the story with a lot of Packers teams. You know, you win in the wild card game or the divisional round, and you face the Niners in Santa Clara. And, you know, that's a level up, man. The Niners are a level up from the Cowboys. I think most smart football people believe that you know, the, the Ravens and the Niners were a, a notch above the rest of the teams in the league. And I think this is where – the Packers' deficiencies on the defensive end are really going to show because I feel like I feel like McCaffrey is going to be able to run all over them, and this has been a story of a lot of Packer defenses. There, um, they can get run on, and I definitely can see McCaffrey running, you know, bursting out a few twenty-plus yards runs in the first few drives, and the, this defense getting demoralized. Um, We've seen this story before. Uh, I think Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan is going to have these guys prepare to, you know, punch this young Green Bay team in the mouth and just play from ahead um, where they're at their best. And they're at home. Um, there might be some rain. Um, I think I, I, I don't think they're going to roll over the Packers because given the way Jordan Love has been playing, given the way this offense has been playing, um, they're not going to be – easy to stop. Um, you know, you, you can't key in on one guy. They have so many young dudes, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Wicks. Obviously you have Aaron Jones, the veteran in the backfield, Luke Musgrave, Tyler Kraft. They have a lot of guys that um, they put trust in. So obviously it's not going to be an easy offense to stop, but um, I don't have faith in the Packer defense and Joe Barry. Um, he has been the defensive coordinator on my team before. Trust me. I know, how um you know Joe Barry in the biggest of mo biggest of games he more likely than not is going to get out coached and this is Kyle Shannon on the other end um of the field so i think the Niners um you know get an early lead um and pull this one out 27-24 i think it's going to be close um but yeah got the Niners in that one
Next, Tampa Bay and Detroit. Um, you know, Baker. I I I, I got to give credit to Baker, man. I completely forgot. I was trashing the Eagles so much. I completely forgot to give credit to the Bucks. They had a game plan and they executed. I thought Baker was amazing, even through the drops that the Bucks receivers had, because they had four or five drops early. That could have just completely blown the game open and not given an eagle, given the Eagles a chance. Um, and you know Baker just kept plugging along. Um, he had a rib injury, that ankle injury. It looked like he was limping off early in the game, and he kept fighting through it. Three hundred thirty-seven yards, three touchdowns. First Buccaneers quarterback to do that ever, and Brady played and won a Super Bowl for the Bucks. So shout out to him. I think they're gonna. Um, play this um, Lions team close too because this defense is battle-tested. A lot of these guys on the defense, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, the linebackers, Levante David and Devin White, Vita Vea, obviously, Shaq Barrett. Um, they got a lot of guys, obviously Antoine Winfield, who's balled out this season. Um, I think this defense um, is going to be able to make some plays. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but, um, you know, I think uh, – the Bucks defense will be able to hold the um, Lions to some field goals. Um, and the Bucks offense should be able to get kind of whatever they want. Their offensive line has been playing really well. They have weapons in Godwin, um, Mike Evans. We saw um, Kate Otten have a really good game last week. Obviously, Trey Palmer with a huge play, the rookie. And um, Rashad White, who had a really good game. So I think they're going to be able to move the ball. Um, it's just a matter of getting stops, and I just don't think they're going to be able to get enough. There's going to be a huge emotional game for Detroit. Their first, I don't even know when the last time they made it to a conference championship, but their op- the opportunity to get, to get to a conference championship, Jared Goff, um, you know, trying to prove some doubters wrong still. Um, and, you know, they have the better run game. Um, the Bucks' pass defense can be had, and you know Amon Ross St. Brown has just been phenomenal this season. Um, so yeah, I I just feel like the Lions' offense is just it, at home. It's just going to be a little too hard to stop, and I got the uh, the Lions winning a close one. You know they pull off a final drive to win by a field goal as clock expires type type beat um to win twenty eight to thirty one. Um I got the Lions representing or representing the NFC North in the um conference championship for the NFC. Um now on to the last game. Mahomes versus Allen part three in the playoffs. Um I feel like a lot of you guys have known my thoughts about, you know, Josh Allen and Mahomes over the past few years. Um, I'm quote-unquote labeled a Mahomes hater by Vincent and Kenny and a lot of others in my life, but I'm not a Mahomes hater, man. I appreciate his greatness, but, you know, just pump the brakes on the GOAT talk because he's not there yet. He's got a long way to go. Um but I think he's really, really good. And I was really impressed with the way he played in the elements against Miami last week. How how just on another level he looked compared to Tua um, last week. 
And I've been like I've been impressed with what he's done. Like he has two Super Bowls, um, three Super Bowl appearances in six years of starting. And um, there's been a lot of talk this year about the Chiefs. You know, they're the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey stuff. You know, is um, Travis Kelsey getting you know washed? Is uh, you know the Chiefs' offense never going to be the same because they're paying Mahomes so much? Like. Are they going to be able to get weapons? Their weapons suck. Um, you know, the Chiefs dynasty might be over. Stuff like that this year. And I think they've been listening to a lot of the noise. And, you know, I saw Mahomes on the herd. Jason McIntyre put him at seventh out of the remaining quarterbacks in the playoffs. Like, I feel like Mahomes has been hearing the talk. A lot of people have been disrespecting them. A lot of people have been talking down on them, saying they're done for. Like, obviously, the Bills are favored in this game. You know, the first game and uh, first uh, time Mahomes is on the road for a playoff game. And I think they're going to respond. Um, the defense, they're as healthy as they've been. Um, they're going to miss Nadi, I think, this week. But they're healthy, and the Bills' defense is not. And I think the um, Chiefs defense just has the edge. Um, I, I know they've gotten a lot of flack for their run defense this year, but in these types of games, in a big game, Steve Spagnolo has more often than not delivered. And I think he's going to do just that. I think he's going to have a plan. There's no Gabe Davis. So they're going to do whatever they can to take away Diggs. They've always done a great job at taking away Diggs. And I just don't know where Josh Allen goes because the linebackers for the Chiefs are really good, Bolton and Willie Gay. And, you know, the, his second and third options these past few weeks without Gabe Davis have been the tight ends, Dawson Knox, Dawson Kincaid. And I think the Chiefs are going to do whatever they can to take them away um, because I don't think they need a double digs. If you have Legereus Sneed, I think you're fine. So – I just don't know how they're going to be able to move the ball consistently outside of, you know, Josh Allen design run and hope they can exploit this quote-unquote weak run defense of the Chiefs. I'm not feeling good about it. And then on the defensive end for the Bills, um, they're missing a lot of guys. And um, they're, after a certain point, man, there's just no way you can make up for all these guys that you've lost, especially against this Chiefs team. Quarterback by Mahomes, you have the best tight end ever. You have Rasheed Rice, who is emerging. He played awesome last week. Um, he was amazing. Like, he was catching with his hand. He was a hands catcher last week in those elements. Um, he's super good after the catch, and I feel like he's gotten better and better, and he definitely has Mahomes' trust now. Um, as that number one receiver. And I just don't know, like, so for the Chiefs, the top two is Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. For the Bills, it's Diggs and maybe Dalton Kincaid. And I think the Chiefs have a decided advantage on that. And the way that, the way that Diggs has been playing the past seven to eight weeks, I think the Chiefs have a decided advantage on the weapons. They have an advantage at quarterback, even though Josh Allen is great. Um, Mahomes is better, obviously, and um, you know the elements. I don't think they're going to be that big of a 
deal this time around, especially, I mean, the Chiefs played in the third coldest game ever. Um, so I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be low scoring too. Um, because both of these offense, I mean, the Chiefs offense hasn't been amazing this year, obviously. Like, we know that. But given the injuries for the Bills on both sides of the ball, I just, I, I don't know how they move the ball, especially in, you know, in a situation, a scenario where they absolutely have to pass. Like, yes, Josh Allen can make a lot of plays and stuff, but um, this Chiefs defense is going to be flying around. Steve Spagnuolo, they know, they've heard all the talk, man. I just feel like this is a situation where people are just a little too down on the Chiefs, and they've kind of – they've become an underdog um, this whole year, and um, I can never count a championship, championship organization, championship team like this out in the playoffs. And I'm willing to, you know, say, okay, I was wrong if the Chiefs lose. If I, you know, pick Mahomes and the Chiefs and they lose, I'm, I'm not. This is not no. This is not like some sort of reverse psychology or anything, because I'm not gonna be rooting for the Chiefs. But I just have a bad feeling, man, for Buffalo. Man, could it be like one of those things where Josh Allen is like, he's Peyton Manning and Mahomes is Brady, like. It was. It took a while for Brady to or Manning to get over that hump and beat Brady, and I feel like this could be one of those um, situations. And it's sad to see, but you know, sometimes stuff like that happens. You know, it's uh, yeah. I I just feel like people are just way too down on the Chiefs, and um, with this emergence of Rishi Rice, I, I feel like. People are kind of underrating it. It's kind of scary, bro. He's been playing really, really good. Um, he could have had two touchdowns last week. He, I think he's a bona fide, like, number one. And I wasn't that high on him coming out of SMU. But I think he's proven that um, he has Mahomes' trust. And I think in a big game like this, Kelsey's not going to make the mistakes he made last week. Um, when the rubber meets the road, he's going to show he's the best tight end ever. And I think the the Chiefs are going to win a very, very close one, 24-21 in Buffalo. And the Buffalo fans are going to be heart, heartbroken yet again, this time in their home stadium. So, yeah, that pretty much concludes it for me. Um, so I got the Ravens. I got the Niners. I got the Lions, and obviously the Bills. So, yeah, that closes out the podcast for today. Bet of the week, lock it in, Chiefs plus three. You heard it it here first, man. All right, thank you guys for listening. Peace.